on Wednesday again, the last Wednesday for a while. Because I can't even say this year because technically we'll do it again in December, but for a good chunk of time. <laughs> yeah, literally the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so today we're we, talking about modalities, not really, well, we're just specifically just electrical stimulation and yeah. our experience with ESTEM in the clinic. Primarily, Laura and I work in outpatient clinics, so we work with it a lot. Someone mm-hmm. who works in an inpatient setting, you might not be as exposed to it. But if you ever plan I don't on know, changing, I still feel like these are still questions and everything that pe- people in inpatient uh, or home just health cut even. me off. I know. I'm sorry, that but was I had to. Uh, so like... rude. <laughs> you haven't done that in a while. You've been doing so good. Well, this time I was like, ah, I'm interjecting because as the you person come, who's you know worked what? in Go inpatient ahead. here. Finish the rest of the intro, Laura. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all yours. Take the floor. But again, uh, these are questions that arise of just working with ESTEM in general and some of the different opinions on it. So with that being said, let's go ahead and cut our way in to the next part as Ken is making faces at me and yawning at me. So let's go ahead and like I said, we'll cut our way into uh, the intro. All right, let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All righty. Well, we're back. Um, so we are going to be talking about eSTEM like we talked about and kind of like our experiences with in the clinic not so much of like what the modality can do all that jazz we might touch on that a little bit but like it actually being used and kind of the things that you run into so like this came about um the topic in a way is because i was setting up it was actually literally today and i was like ken we should do this as our topic today um i was setting up a patient today he's low back and his pain is pretty much on bilateral sides all right, of his lumbar region. So the previous PT I was working with did not cross the spine. And his big thing is you're not supposed to cross the spine, so he pick which side was worse. Well, now I'm like, the way he was making it sound like was that the stem was done kind of across the spine. So I was like, well, does is that just, you know, how are this PT does it? How, you know, how does my new PT do it? And so I went and asked her, and I was like, do you cross the spine? Do you not? Like, do you, because the way she did it, she's like, oh, you do all four on this and I was like oh okay so you do the x across the spine and she goes yes and so then it kind of was like okay well you know so and so doesn't yeah so then that's why I was like oh I'm just asking because Adam or you know my PT didn't (laughs) I don't care um but uh so like that's what brought it up is like there's so many different things that you run into and like again I've been in this field for really like five years now um, plus maybe a little bit and that is still something I'm running into an issue of like okay well I have to ask because it's not so much that I don't know what to do but like there's just so many different opinions and so that's kind of how the topic came up and so I'm gonna ask you Ken cross the spine or don't cross the spine that is the question well so from when I've been setting up I don't think I've ever not crossed the spine nor have I ever heard to not cross the spine mm-hmm. Um, my question was, how long has that PT been practicing? Which one? The one that says don't cross the spine. Like, so I don't he's know if an older, old... he's an older, older person. Um, I will say 
And so that like was my first thought too. Plus years practicing. So I don't know how long he's actually been practicing. He's kind of sounds so a little newer like with the, the company. So I don't so. know if it's like an old school kind of way of thinking, like you're not supposed to. So it's like, the, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like I guess maybe, maybe before, not so much now, mm-hmm. where you don't do it because you don't want to find out what happens. Yep. Kind of like if someone's pregnant, for example, you don't do is e-stem or if someone has cancer. You don't mm-hmm. do e-stem. Do we know if it accelerates or does any harm? No idea. But we're not going to do it to find out. It's like uh, so your maybe phone that's on airplane the w- mode. <laughs> okay, that has some research behind it. I don't know. <laughs> do you put your phone on airplane mode? No, you don't. Uh, you depends. Do. Depends on your mood? Depends, depends what kind of airplane you're remember. on? <laughs> it's more of what it comes down to. Jeremy doesn't. Dude, I've called that guy and he answered in the air one time. Over Definitely. wireless. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm glad he's but been okay. I was completely side um, <laughs> So I don't know if it's like an older way of thinking or if like maybe, you know, if anybody's listening and let us know if you guys no. are allowed to cross or not cross or run into PTs that don't allow you. But So I would go with that. That was my first instinct of why he didn't do it and I didn't question it. It's just because, you know, he... He was like, oh, you're not supposed to. And I was like, okay, well, actually, you know, it's kind of been a gray area in the in the fields in general. But there's been enough done that no one thought they found that the whole reasoning behind it originally of why not to cross. Let me start with that is because of the fact that they thought the electrical signals could interfere with your uh, spinal cord and the signals being sent to your brain. So they thought it could fully interfere with your actual spinal cord. And that's why you did not cross the spine. There's been enough done that we now know that that's not the case. However, I'm with you, Ken. I do think in older generations, um, they still have that mindset of you don't cross the spine for that reason. Um, So it was just kind of one of those things. And like we're going to discuss even more into all like the different type of stuff of like we run into with e-stem but i would say that is the big one now the other one i've heard do you have any more on the cross the spine before i switch i didn't sorry um I'm not sure. no just that i mentioned it to my bt and all he did was raise an eyebrow and then walked away <laughs> which one? <laughs> oh, you know which one <laughs> you mean the one who's always he had his cross the spine he didn't even entertain the thought of why he just yeah and because when i was setting up i remember in school it was brought up but it was never fully like said yes or no and it was just kind of like based off of what your pt does what they feel comfortable with um when i was in pta school i feel like Um, that's kind of just the motto of our whole profession really (laughs) Just whatever follow whatever, like, whatever your PT does, just do what they do. So I guess like yeah. that comes down to like a lot of good communication. So it was good that mm-hmm. you asked your your new PT that started mm-hmm. supervising that came over like, hey, just so I'm aware, how do you like it done? And that's my preference. It's <laughs> crossing just so that, like that. Yeah, I mean, unless it, their pain is on one side, then I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll just keep yeah, it on yeah. one side if it's. But if it is on both sides, pretty even, then yeah. I mean, I'm going to cross the spine. I've never heard of not crossing the spine until you mentioned it to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's new. I wonder how common or uncommon that is. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think you see it in a little bit more of the older population within the field. 
Um, and I think that's just something ingrained and that's just in general that way. Um, but yeah, the other thing I had is kind of same thing is like in school, they teach you smoke over fire, right? Uh, the black lead over the red lead. Never heard of that. See, that's another one. Like, so that's what I was, they taught us in school. That's, um, the black leads need to go over the red leads because of the way they, they conduct. Um, so the black leads are always on top of the red. Yes. But there, I've, the I've had some machines that don't even have colors. That's my thought. I'm like, okay, does it really matter which way the current is flowing from what pad to what pad, really? Uh, I, I have no clue, but no, I don't for, think to so. my knowledge, like, no, it doesn't matter. I have, um, I've interchanged it. I've got leads that have no color. It's like, how am I supposed to? I don't think it matters. But I've heard that too within school. And I've heard other people say the same thing when I was going through my clinicals. I mean, then, because I'm sure I've used machines that don't have colors. Some do, some don't. Any but maybe there's machine a good, there's that another. we sent out did not have colors. Maybe there's like some way to identify which one's the black at least. I don't know. But I don't know. I've told every, everyone I've trained, everyone I've talked to, even when I was in the program, no one has ever mentioned to me that it actually matters what color goes where. I don't think it really does. But I think that was, again, something that started with someone and then someone, like, has continued it on in a way. Or that was, like, the big thing is, like, you need to, the current to go from, like, you know, p- superior to inferior type thing, like the way the current would run or something like that. I don't know. Um, I I do have a question for you. Hit me. So a patient that has never, ever felt what Eastim feels like, how are you explaining it? What Um, sensation does it give you? Usually I say it's a comfortable tingling is what they should be feeling. If it's not comfortable tingling, it's not a tingling sensation, then it's more sharp, achy, um, then the pads need to be changed, their location, uh, or they're too high. But usually my, I'm like, you'll start to feel a comfortable tingling and then we'll go up as high as you can tolerate comfortably. But if someone says, what, what, what do you mean tingling? So this is what we were talking about today when I was at work, when I was talking mm-hmm. to my PT about this topic. And the one thing he asked me is like, how do you explain Eastim? Because he's heard it, he's been practicing for like 10 years and he's heard so many different ways to explain it, but yet no one can accurately, like no one explains it the same. And it's like a feeling that you don't know unless you've done it before. Yeah. Um, like a tingling. Like what? What? Like what tingle? Like a spidey tingle? What kind yeah. of tingle are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Honestly, so, like a spidey tingle. Like, like everything's kind of like. Like when I think of it, I say like maybe like little vibrations, mm. or like before I would say like it feels like little ants are crawling on you because that's how it was explained to me. The yeah, first I can time, get that one. It feels like little ants are crawling on you. I'm like, yeah, but if someone has a fear of bugs, don't tell them it feels like bugs are crawling on you because they're <laughs> going to freak out and they're not going to want to do it. True. So or I've been they're going to think about why it's going as ants. <laughs> yeah. So I don't use that way, even though that's how it's explained to me. I say it kind of feels like little, because it's not really vibrations. It's not. But no. it's hard to explain the feeling unless you've done it before. So a new patient, never doing it, never doing it before. Like I don't know if someone told me it feels like it's gonna tingle. Like what do you what do you mean it's gonna tingle? Like I guess the other way I could describe it is like if they don't really get like a tingling sensation, like kind of the concept. Um, I guess you could say like it's almost gonna be like someone quick tapping 
like quickly tapping in a lot of little spots. Um, quickly tapping in a lot of little spots. And one smart, yeah, like that's the, the next See? best thing I think I can describe <laughs> not, besides tingling. But I will say, like, I feel like I've never had a patient go like, "Well, because no one's really going to question." Explain better, yeah. Oh yeah, me, me too. I'm gonna say vibrations, and they they're not gonna question. They're just like, okay, and they're like, oh, I feel it now. It's like, okay, that's the fa- that's the sensation I was that's looking for. That's the sensation, but. and that's the thing is, I feel like it could come across slightly different for everybody. So, if anybody else has any ways to explain e-stim or something we didn't mention, I'm curious because he brought up a good point. He's been practicing for so long, and Here's there's so many different hundreds ways. of ways of explaining it, and yet no one understands until they do it. Yeah, even after you do it, you still can't explain it. The big thing, though, that you need to do, no matter what, when you're explaining it, is you need to state that it needs to be comfortable. Yes. If you're doing, granted, if you're doing it for pain. Now, if you're doing something like Russian, that's never going to be comfortable. I don't care what. So, I mean, my whole little spiel, as far as like besides the feeling it. So I want it strong enough that you feel like it feels like it's doing a little bit of something, but at any point it's painful, uncomfortable. If the muscles are twitching, those are things I don't want. In that case, we need to drop it back down because some patients yeah. will go up until it's like the whole upper trap is like spasming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's too high. And they're like, no, no, it feels fine. I'm like, just because you don't feel like it's painful, it's not the purpose of why I'm doing this. And that's not what I want. Yeah. So we drop it down to a lower because people tend to go higher if they don't feel it. So what we do is we keep or it they at get a continuous. On the number. They get fixated on the number. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, bring it to 15. I'm like, okay, well, depending on where I place the pads, depending on somewhere else, someone else placed them, like it's going to be, be different. Yeah. Depending on how you're feeling today, that might be different. Don't get fixed mm-hmm. on the number. Um, but what happens is people usually will keep it on a continuous wavelength yeah. so it's the same strength the entire time so how do you explain oh it's gonna fade away after a while like what's your analogy for that so usually i just say like your body adapts to anything so i'm like it's still doing the trick however your body's just adapting so you might not feel it as intense as before right. and most of the time i will say those patients are on heat or on ice and i go usually that sensation takes over and you're going to feel that heat, the warmth, a little bit more than the tingling sensation. That's just the stronger sensation, oh gosh, sensation getting through to your brain. I was okay. like, it's still doing the trick, but it's just, you know, it might not feel as intense. Um, now, in the clinic I'm at currently, they're very big on, like, turning it up after a little bit. Like, oh, okay, it died down a little bit. They'll turn it up. Um, personally... Sometimes I just forget or I'm just too busy to turn it up. So you're just stuck with what I get, what you're at. Because I'm like, it's still doing it. It's still doing I'll usually I'll usually tell them like, oh, if you walk into like a house or a grocery market, like you smell all the food. And after like three, four minutes, you don't smell it anymore because mm-hmm. your brain's now thinking like, oh, this is irrelevant. It's continuous. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. So when it comes to the eSIM, it's the same thing. If mm-hmm. Since we're not changing like the strength one. the entire time you're on it it fades away your brain's like i don't need to pay attention to this anymore because it's continuous it's the same thing every single time so now it feels like it fades away yeah it's more of a routine almost in a way for your body at that point than something new that needs to pay attention to i think two ways to avoid that kind of like what you said go up to the patient just turn it up a couple notches because it does feel like it goes away or have it on a like ramp up ramp down 
Yeah. But I've never seen anyone use that besides like Russian and things though. like that. I've used it before. Just on regular e mm-hmm. Just pain. On myself. Yeah. And parts well, of on I yourself. Do it, well, but you've yeah. been also a patient too. Any clinic you've been to, have they done like a ramp up, ramp down? Or just I'm trying to remember if I... Because no clinic I've worked not, at does not ramp up, clinic, ramp down. But when they set me up on the home unit, they set me up that way. Because of the fact that they're like, you will be less likely to A, burn yourself if you do ha- put it up too no, high. No, we haven't even talked about burning yet. Oh, we're going to get to that. Um, but also, you're less likely to kind of adapt to it as, as quickly if you're on a ramp up, ramp down. And um, technically, there's no rule and thumb of how long you can use tens for. So, you know, you put that Well, even though there's no I feel like there is like a time length. Man, usually I say like 15 minutes. I usually say max 20. Okay. I mean, some people to love me, it on all day. To me, with like heat and, and the ice. Max is 20. So yeah, yeah I've had patients who literally leave it on all day. That's how they get yeah, their like work. They work at a desk and then they just leave it on their back the entire day. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and start complaining like, oh, my battery's dead. Or like, yeah, oh no, no, no they tell us it's not working. So we're like, okay. Like, yeah, I've been using it at work, and it just stopped working all of a sudden. So we're like, so we're like checking it out, making sure like it looks fine. And then we're just like, ma'am or sir, your your battery was dead. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I have been wearing it throughout work, the, like this whole last week. <laughs> well, yeah, now it just switch the it battery, and you're fine. electricity a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but That's they just start blaming us, like, oh, why, why did you, you, guys you, you, me g- you gave me a, yeah, a broken machine? Like, no, ma'am. In sure. our case, at our old place, we used to give out a lot of tents for our car accidents, liens. Um, pretty much every lien patient got a tens unit for home, um, no matter what, uh, unless doctor said otherwise. But other than that, everybody got a tens unit at home. They got taught how to um, use it. They got pads. They got you know a lot of different things. And then if they did have questions, they could always bring it in. Personally, I like that, and I feel like that should be, like, anybody who comes into physical therapy who has chronic pain should get a TENS unit. <laughs> I think we would I mean, see a lot you're less talking about killers. chronic pain in general, like, that's a whole nother, a whole yeah, nother I'm thing. I'm just putting it on there. I'm just adding that in um, with my two cents. But, um, so getting with pain real quick, though. Do you use e-stem even if they come in and they say, I have no pain at all? Uh, no, I'm sending but they want to the heat gym. or ice. Mm, I mean, I'll still heat them. Like, I yeah. don't think e-stim is, like, it's necessary. Yeah. Because a lot of it is to control the pain. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it goes behind, like, the whole gate theory where you're giving a distraction, essentially. Yep. So if they don't have any pain, I have nothing to try to distract them with. So, yeah, I mean, I'll just throw on some heat and then go to the gym. Now, what about the theory about blood flow with e-stim? I think certain e-stim programs can <laughs> improve blood flow. Like Russian? <laughs> like Russian. But yeah, I don't no, think I like the pain that. modulation ones aren't strong enough to do like that. Like IFC or just TENS alone. Because like, I'll tell patients about. too, like, oh, have you ever... Because they ask me, like, oh, what's this for? And I'll tell them, like, oh, it's kind of like a little distraction from the pain. And I'm like, have you ever, like, hit your elbow against the wall and then you just start rubbing your elbow real quick? Mm-hmm. You're trying to self-stimulate a distraction. 
yeah from that's why i explain to patients too so i'm like this that's what this is it's yeah stop you thinking but it's only temporary people are like oh i love this thing like i feel so much better and then i go home i feel worse it's like well it's because the pain is still there but this took that over well and and it wears off after a while yeah and i tell patients like the same kind of thing is like i'll use a bug bite i'm like you know when you get a bug bite and you just like it feels good to scratch it but like say you know scratching is not good for it but you tap it and I was like, yeah, that itching sensation goes away. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, it's kind of the same thing. You're you're introducing a different signal to the body within that area. So it like kind of cuts off what it was what was happening before. Um, but you know, I tell patients I go and they'll ask me, definitely if like they're using it for spasms, like because we do, you use it a lot for spasms and heat, right? Like a lot of patients who have Muscle spasms, we put them on um, IFC and we put them on heat, right? Definitely if they're in pain. I go, sometimes you get into a pain uh, spasm cycle that we definitely see with some chronic ones where you spasm, so it hurts, but because you're hurting, it spasms more and it's like the cycle that you're never ending. And I go, what that happens is that E-stem kind of comes in along with that heat and it kind of gives that little bit of a break. And we're working on trying to break that cycle a little bit. And this is one of those ways where we get you out of that pain so you're not spasming almost even worse. Um, and that's what I use a lot for my, my spasming patients. Um, definitely if they're cr- like they have like up, I would say upper traps the worst, the worst culprit on spasm. Oh, it hurts. So guess what? It spasms even some more. But then it hurts some more and then spasms some more. And it's just a whole cycle that those two can get into. Um, and so that's how, like, I'll explain it sometimes with it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Parts me, so many patients just like it. And if you kind of start it, like, I know it's easy not to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, if we're giving them heat and ice and they like it and it feels good, like, to me, I don't see why there should be, like, there should be an issue with using it. I mean, I wouldn't just stop using it just because, like, oh, you're not in pain anymore, I'm going to stop using it. I think that's it's more like, chronic. oh, that's what you oh, guys you know do. I'm paying today, and we're not going to put yeast on. Oh, I mean, I would still do it. It's like, oh, today's so good. Oh, cool. Let's keep it that way. Like, we'll still do heat. We'll do yeast. Sim- unless they don't want it. Because, yeah. yeah, you're going you're gonna to get patients who don't like it. I've had, mm-hmm. um, I saw a patient today, actually. He didn't mention it today, but he's mentioned it before, so we don't do it anymore. But he felt like it made him worse. Yeah. So we stopped doing it. Because he's like, oh, is there any chance that this could be making my symptoms worse? I feel like I get, like, after I leave, like, it just aches more. So I kind of just let, let him know, like, oh, it could also be, like, the exercises I was working on you. Like, we're or you touching things that don't want to be touched. Um, or yeah, you could have had too high. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be something you're doing out of here. Like, there's so many different things that go into it, but he thinks it's that. So Let's I'm not going to continue doing it and risk him not coming back. Yeah. and it's the Easy fix. Hey, we're going to stop doing East Ham. Yeah, like, hey, we're going to stop doing E-STEM. Cool, like, it is what it is. We'll do he would do everything else. But he just didn't want to do the E-STEM. Mm-hmm. But it is easy to eliminate, but I'm not going to force someone to do it when they don't want to. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Um, it's just, like, I, I don't know. It's weird for me at the same time that they just, like, up and stop if there's no pain at all. Um, just because I'm I'm so used to it not being that way, so it's just a strange strange thing for me like if just like no we're not doing it i'm like okay because i patients will literally be like oh well you know that e-stem i haven't had it in a while and i'm like 
oh, yeah, you know, it's more for the pain. And I explained it to them. And since you're not really in pain, like, we, we don't need to use it as often. Um, luckily, my PT is a little bit more free that, like, if the patient really does want it, she'll let me do it. Like, it's not, like, that hard of a strict. But definitely, is it's uh, why, why I set it up. Which I'm like, then that's a billing unit, too, though. Like, you get yeast amount of it. But, I don't know. It's just interesting. So, I was kind of curious on how uh. you... You are. And again, not all clinics are going to be like that. We worked at a clinic prior to this that everybody got e-stem and heat no matter what. Or e-stem and ice no matter what. I mean, it's also more outpatient clinics. Inpatient clinics don't really do it. No. And that's a whole other thing. Inpatient clinics, rarely. Because getting paid on e-stem is like, if you get paid on e-stem. I don't even know if you do. Certain ones you don't. Yeah. So like like, inpatient, you don't really do it. When I was at my vestibular clinic, like... We're not going to ease him anybody's inner ear, so we never did <laughs> However, that. I will say we used a lot more Russian in inpatient than I do in out cl- outpatient. Um, see, even that I didn't do. Yeah, you were we in a did sniff. A, yeah, I was in acute recovery, so we had a lot of strokes. And a lot of like older patients with tonies and things like that, no, too. So yeah, like it, when I was, it gets I was working acute, and it, we never used him. No, I had a cute rehab and we had, but you were a cute, cute hospital. rehab. Yeah. Yeah. But you were a cute hospital, so. Correct. Yeah. So there is a little bit of difference there, but, um, so it's definitely interesting. Now, have technically you set up someone and they get, they've gotten burnt afterwards. Have I set up somebody? Mm-hmm. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Or the fourth, whatever, whichever number. It's, it's the, the fifth. It's the okay, fifth. cool. That's what I do. I the right the not to incriminate yourself. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. I just know you You say it when you don't want to say something. You really don't know what plead the fifth is? Well, now I do. Of course it's, I've known. Laura, it's, what? It's your right to not incriminate yourself. So if you're on I'm going to say it all the time now. And if they ask you a question and the question would implement you in a crime, you have the right to plead the fifth. But if you plead the fifth, aren't you just like saying you've done it? Done something in some sort of way. Whether Anyways. it's you knew of a crime beforehand or something. But yeah, let's plead the fifth. We're not talking <laughs> about the the amendments or constitution, whatever it is. Um, I so, don't, I'm unaware if I have burnt anybody. I don't believe that I have. I have seen it before. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a let's monitor and see what happens. Because yeah. I was going to ask you some do's and don'ts. We can either alternate some do's and don'ts and we'll see if you can't think of one. But, because this would also fall under a don't. Yes. But I will say I have, technically. You have technically burned somebody. Well, he came back with a burn. I didn't purposely burn him. But well, none um, of us purposely I, burn anybody. Yeah. I set him up. Um, personally, what I think happened is this patient constantly likes to... So he lays um, on his stomach, lower back, was doing it on one side. Um, He constantly moves. Like, he doesn't stay still on his back. And I think he pulled the plug slightly. And the way it is... And he goes up pretty high. I personally don't like to go too high. Anyways, I'll kind of cap them out where I feel comfortable. (laughs) Um, And so that will be into another discussion. But... um, he came back and he had he had a blister from a burn. Um, and it was noted. It was charted. And we stopped to East Dem at that point. At first, 
like personally, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And I really thought about it and I go, sometimes there's things that you just can't prevent. Like again, this patient moved so much around, like he was always twisting his back around. He was always like kind of going sideways and like moving and like moving his hip to try to like push it into the spot. Like it was just weird. And the more he did it, the more I'm like, I feel like your pads are like, and again, his pads are starting to get old. It's easy for those pads to unstick when they're not laying on them like that. And it's easy for him to like the way he was laying, he could have gotten that cord just right and it slightly um, undid itself. So I don't think it was anything like I technically set up wrong or put him on wrong. I think it was just circumstances that led to it that unfortunately you couldn't see, foresee. Um, with that being said, you just monitored it. It really wasn't a big deal, which was nice. They noted it. They monitored it. We took him off of E-STEM until it healed. And luckily, the patient was chilling. He was like, oh, yeah, did you see this? And I was like, oh, well, that's new. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, other than that, I've been set up for years, and that's never happened. Now, on that note, though, it made me think of something. Technically, for example, for dry needling, patients have to sign a waiver of all the things that potentially can go wrong and that they're aware of some of the complications from it. Do you think eSTEM should have something like that? Well, I feel like if eSTEM has it, everything should have it. I'm just saying. So like eSTEM, I mean, hot packs, cold packs, because mm -hmm. something can always go wrong. Yep. But I, I that's why I was just asking. I was like, do you think? <laughs> my dog is trying to get into my room. I hear, you hear him at the door. Do you hear him? <laughs> I wonder if you can hear it on the, the podcast. My favorite he is yelling at him right now. <laughs> he's trying to claw his way through. Um, no, but I feel like if, like, I feel like dry needling is a specialty. Yeah. Where maybe that's why it requires those consent forms. Whereas ultrasound, e-stim, hot pack, cold pack, those are more typical when it comes to outpatient clinics so maybe yeah. like there's a overall kind of consent to those yeah. things but dry needling i think would like cupping would you think cupping would should well, require a you'd have to go with like all the graston type of tools too yeah I agree. no i agree with you i'm just asking i think also the reason that dry needling does because some of the complications can be so severe um, and can be life-threatening depending on the area you're working with dry needles. Um, like you if can you, puncture a lung. You can puncture a lung. So I definitely understand why it has. E-STEM, I feel like it's just more of those things that like maybe at the beginning you put like certain modalities. I do feel like patients aren't aware that that could be a complication that could arise. And I don't think we do a good job of explaining the risk of also using e-stem or hot packs of burns um, because in a way like that's just ours and then we also don't want to risk turning it down but I almost feel having a flat thing at the beginning like you know then they also take on the risk and it takes more less liability off of you in a way so I don't know I'm not really saying we should it's just it was a thought so well since we're kind of getting up there on time mm -hmm. um, let's do some do's and don'ts yeah do you want to alternate or do you want to just go one at a time? Or I'll do it, then you do it. 
Well, you can just. So I'll say well. a do or don't, and then you say a do and or don't. Well, my brain usually farts on these things, but we'll see how it goes. Do you want to go first or second? Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> Let's see it. All right, what you got? Do not put the pads close together where they're pretty much touching or less than a pad apart. Why? Why? Because you do risk actually burns that way. Okay. I'm going to go with don't use pads that are no longer sticky. <laughs> That's a big one. Because uh, they will peel off and you can either get burnt and or shocked. Mm-hmm. Don't leave pads when uh, patients are feeling a sharp pain. Don't just turn it down. Reposition those pads because most likely you're probably on a bony prominent and it's not going to be comfortable. I like that one. Okay. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. going to go with, dang it, I forgot mine now. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. It's it's almost there. Give me a second. It's not me first. <laughs> I'm, buff I'm buffering. I'm buffering. Hold on. I had it. And then you made me lose it. Hi, um, guys, it wasn't me first. I'm so proud right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did I just lose because I can't think of anything? That I just had one. All right, do you have another one? <laughs> yeah, do you have another one while I think about this? Um, Do make it clear on that it should be it's not so much about the number. It's more about how they feel during the. The tens. So again, like we kind of briefly talked about, patients a lot of times think the higher the number they go, the more effective it is, and that's not the case. And you need to describe that to them. So again, do make them aware it's more about the feeling, not so much about the number and how high you can get. I'll say, don't take it off before turning off the machine. <laughs> I speak well, from personal experience. <laughs> you don't have to turn I... the machine off, but just turn it all the way down. <laughs> I've grabbed the pad while the machine was still on. Mm -hmm. It works better than coffee, but not in a good way. <laughs> all right. Do check to make sure that you put the leads all the way into the pads. You do not want any of the metal pieces exposed. Because, again, that can cause a burn. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one up on you. Actually, I'm two up on I you technically. Know. <laughs> I know. I just had my brain just shut down for a second. You pulled a me. <laughs> That's what I thought my brain was going to do. The I best part of this, guys, this was his game. This was his game. What? Laura, <laughs> I don't win at everything. Just most things. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much all I have. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, don't place them too close. And Make my sure last the one I would say. The is still good. Make sure the leads are all the way in. That's a good one. Make sure the leads aren't tangled. Yep. Um, Make sure you know which leads you're using. <laughs> right. Uh, Pre-mod IFC. Know the difference. Check Even the though leads. If the machine goes off, check the leads. You need it, to check it, the, the whole pre-mod IFC thing is kind of weird. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. The way we, the way I've always been taught as pre-mod, I don't really know if that's pre-mod. So pre-mod is just two pads going separately. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. So pre-mod is like, so say you're doing a cervical and lumbar, and they want yeah, you to come on both. Two up, two up top, two on bottom. Two, yeah. two up top, two on bottom. It's just one, they're on separate uh, cycles. But I feel like you can also have pre-mod just on the low back. Yeah, it's just two pads. But you can have four pads pre-mod. You then just they're don't not technically, them. yeah. Then this is why it, gets, it just gets. And that's weird where that's again. That was another one I used to have a PT who used to do that. If they had a 
bilateral back. They wouldn't crisscross. Yeah, you just pre-mod each side. They would do pre-mod each side. Which is, I'm like, it's I like mean, that's not extending the current to their side. That's what, yep. Um, I had one more. Oh, my last one I would say, I probably could come up with more, but, you know, we could probably go on for days at that point. But my last one it says would be, is do check with your clinic and your supervising PT on what settings they use. So we used to have a PT who, um, after we got to like, I think 35 on our machines or something like that, it would be, need to be double checked and make sure everything, everything was good because the higher you do go up in frequency, you are, have a chance of burning. I asked that my clinician here and she goes, I don't think we have a limit. They'll crank those machines all the way up. Yeah, we kind of ran into, not recently, I think it was before, where we had somebody just go ridiculously high. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we should have a cap. Because, like, what we did was we we capped it at 35 for the machine. Every machine is different. Like, 35 for these machines are probably like a 6 out on a 10 scale machine. So it's kind of getting up there. Maybe not the top, but... We, as a technician, which we didn't even talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's a gray area. <laughs> you would tell them, okay, well, this is as high as I can go. If you want to go higher than a 35, I have to get a therapist. And that's when a therapist would come in and explain the what risk. the risk of going higher. And they have to accept those before we can go any higher. You document like blah, blah, blah. But at that same time, like just stop at 35. Yeah. To me, so I honestly, I wouldn't even explain to patients. I'd just lie (laughs) and be like, oh, it's still working. You might just not feel it as much. It's perfectly fine. Because I'm not going. As high as my machine goes. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not risking a burn in my case. I like, I don't really want to. Like, granted, like I said, I really don't think this guy's pad stuck. Like, I really think about him. Like, it's had nothing to do with my setup. I think it was just an unfortunate circumstance where the pad loosened or something like that. And that's how he got burned. Because it wasn't good contact. And he had it up kind of high. So, and apparently at that time, his sensation was also getting worse. Which he did not tell me about. Also, so. don't be surprised if a patient, if you're like the, if it's saying, you're saying something up for the first time. Or maybe they know that you're new. As you're turning it up. <laughs> There's a rite of patients, passage. Don't tell them that. It's a rite of passage. What? You don't want to prepare them for what's about to happen. Fine, we'll be nice. It's not very, it's not very common. I will tell you this, but I after working in the field very, for so long, it's happened a lot. My very first patient I ever did it on did this to me, and I think my heart yeah, and my brain why. and everything like <laughs> sunk into my stomach. Literally, I had. Luckily, I'm like good. I literally hit the like emergency stop button on it. Um, but you, I was like, at you, least my reaction was good. <laughs> It's common, not common, I guess. Yeah, Anyways. So go ahead and tell. So if the patient knows you're new and you're setting them up for the first time, they don't know who you are. Don't be surprised that as you're turning it up, they scream in pain and agony and jump off the table. Or they kind go, ouch, 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 ouch. Playing too that too it's hurting them when it's really not. They'll tell you usually. I got the, you. They'll usually tell you afterwards. But just just know, just turn it up slow. And if that happens, just bottom that sucker out. Yep. Bottom that but sucker it, out. It's, it's gone and a lot. And then go cry people. later a little bit because yeah. 
because your heart will definitely be racing. Oh gosh, my heart was literally everything just sunk, sunk. But yeah, so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit. I know we did the poll on Twitter, or not Twitter, Twitter on Instagram, and um, a lot of you guys said you wanted to see, hear more about our personal life and personal experiences, and then also clinical experiences. Um, so like we'll mix it up, but you know we wanted to bring a little bit more of that in. And again, I, like I said, I w- came across this and, you know, I've been five years in the field. I have officially lost count with how many times I've set up someone. Um, and this still still is a question. There's still questions. There's still things to ask. And so we figured we'd do it. But just as a reminder, don't forget to check out our Instagram. That's where we post the most relevant details. And that is where we are the most active. Um, don't forget to follow us on, uh, the podcast, like share. That's the biggest thing you guys can do for us is by sharing it and, um, supporting us. And then if you forgot, but I will remind you, we are back to two times starting next week. So those times are, I forgot about this week. <laughs> I was super times, confused. You got, you totally got off on it. I was like, I thought we were supposed to. Rec- well, okay, whatever. Um, but those times are on Thursdays and Fridays that we release them. We try to release them in the morning. But let's be honest, guys, life sometimes gets us a little bit. So we will always release that day. And if we don't for some reason, we will post it on the Instagram. But we have not missed a Tuesday or Friday episode. So, anyways, check like out. Laura said, all that stuff. Yeah, I had to do the whole outro, guys, because you guys couldn't see if Ken was deciding to choke on the drink that he has, so he was dying in the background. <laughs> yeah, it was not pleasant. Yeah, he's good. All right. Bye. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys in the next one. All right, bye. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.